Hello and welcome to the National Trust podcast. I'm Joe Dyson, part-time adventurer and communications manager at the National Trust. And today I'm heading to the land of panoramic views and adventure, North Wales, to visit Plasnaweth House and Garden, so that the journey through this breathtaking landscape can be as memorable as the destination. I'll be going off the beaten track to board a unique, if wobbly, mode of transport. Many National Trust places are in picturesque settings, and people might think that they're really only accessible by car. With that in mind today, I'm making a 10-kilometre trip from Bangor city centre to Plasnaweth House and Garden, using a combination of public and people-powered transport. The first leg of my journey starts here at Bangor train station. As this train crosses the Britannia Bridge, hovering 200 feet above the Menai Strait, the sea channel that separates the island of Anglesey from the mainland of Wales, you get a glimpse of areas of lush forests, miles of unspoilt coast, all with this backdrop of that famous Snowdonian mountain range. I've just got off the train into Anglesey, into a tiny station with a very big name. Excuse me, you don't know how to pronounce this name at all, do you? I do. It's Tlamvar Pulkwin Gifkogeru Kuendrobu Fantasilio Go Go Go. Thank you very much. Pleasure. I'm leaving the train station with Europe's longest name. And for the next part of my journey, I'll be following the Isle of Anglesey coastal path, which will take me down to the shores of the Menai Strait, where I'll transition to my final form of people-powered transport. Just minutes away from the mainland by train, the landscape has transformed from an urban setting into an environment which almost feels tropical. And I'm walking down a sort of tree tunnel at the moment. Feels so lush and green. There's big, brightly coloured flowers. Really beautiful little church nestled in the landscape. All the gravestones are really dark. Well, they must be Welsh slate. I've just come out of the tree tunnel into the squelchy seaweed. And to my right is a huge statue. I think it must be Lord Nelson. And it's beautiful expanse of water, which is the Menai Strait. Down by the shoreline, I can see two paddle boards with a lady who must be my instructor for the day, Sean Sykes. Sean! Lovely to meet you. Great. Welcome. So what have you got in store for me for this last leg of my journey? We're going to travel into the distance. Can you see Plas Nerwith poking out from the trees with the grass? We're going to head there. Lord Nelson said anybody who can sell on the Menai Strait is a very noble and courageous man. So with paddleboarding, we are the mercy of the weather gods with the winds because we act like a massive sail. From what you're saying, it sounds a little bit scary. 
Yeah, but you're with me, an expert guide. It's all about reading the conditions, understanding about the tide and the weather and having a strategy. What we're going to utilize is just hugging up this coastline. So Joe, before we embark on our adventure, we need to get you kitted out. We're here in beautiful Wales and we have got the elements against us. We so we've do. got a little bit of wind, we've obviously got the sea, so we need to dress appropriately for these conditions. If you could put on this long john yeah. wetsuit so it'll keep you nice and warm. Yeah. High vis jacket, so you can easily be seen. And this is a bit of safety gear because this buoyancy aid. Let me assist. I'm there to you get are. My head out the top. This waist belt is called a releasable guide belt and this allows us to connect to our paddle boards and it's releasable. We wear this in anything that's moving water. I'm all kitted out. Okay, Joe, I'd like to do some land-based drills. Lie down on your paddleboard, facing down. What I'm gonna do now is move you into kneeling. Yeah. Put your hands either side of your chest, do a press-up, slide one knee forward, oh, then the stuck. other knee forward. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. And you want your knees hip distance apart. That means you're in the safe zone. What we want to do is make sure we keep our paddle nice and upright. Okay, Joe, if you pick up your paddleboard, Got make it. your way to the water. Oh, it's quite chilly, isn't it? It is. Tons of seaweed. Tons of seaweed. Lower the board into the water. And then kneel onto your board, hands either side. Up you get onto your islands of safety. So if you kneel upright, put your paddle upright, and now let's paddle forwards. And away you go. We're off. So now, because you passed the test kneeling, it's yeah. all about standing now, Joe. <laughs> Before we stand, obviously make sure it's deep enough by putting your paddle in the water. Oh yeah, I can't find the bottom, no, so I think, I think we're deep enough. Good. So when you're ready, what I'd like you to do, remember, is getting on all fours. Yeah. Look ahead, be like Linford Christie, up, up, up. Yay! Amazing. Sean, it's less stable than I thought it might be. It feels very strange, a bit wobbly. So just make sure your hands are further down the paddle soft knees keep looking ahead and she's off Woo! it feels really quite wonderful to be traveling to have a destination in front of us and knowing that we've got some distance to travel under our own paddle power paddleboarding allows you just to soak up the sights and it's just so idyllic here isn't it Oh, is that a little jellyfish? Ah! The huge jellyfish! Sean, I think I may have spotted about 10 jellyfish. So in Wales we call them Puscod Wibbly Wobbly. Is there anything that we should feel a bit worried about in the water beneath us? I mean, we've seen some jellyfish, yeah. sharks perhaps. We do get some sharks. You but do? We do get some sharks, <laughs> but friendly ones. So what sort of wildlife might we spot here, Sean? It's incredible. We've got abundance of bird life here. We've got oyster catchers, cormorants, herons. We've spotted seals, oh. porpoise. By one of the bridges, we've seen five dolphins. 
So the key thing is just be mindful we don't go chasing after them. And if they do come to us, we have to show the excitement really quietly. Okay, yes. <laughs> the water here really opens up quite widely. Is that Snowdonia in the distance? Yeah. The mountain ranges on our left? Yeah. You've got these dark green forests flanked either side of the banks. Paddleboarding just allows you to pause and just soak up the sights and it's just so idyllic here, isn't it? Joe, I'm so impressed with you today. How do you fancy making it a bit exciting? Let's have a little race. <laughs> okay. What we'll do is aim for that boy. Okay. On your marks, get set, go. That's it, keep paddling, you're doing really well. Oh. Oh my gosh, Sean is already way ahead. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Come on, Joe. I'm trying, I'm trying. Woo! Suddenly feels much more of a workout. Come on, Joe, you need that. Come on, catch me up, catch me up. You're doing really well. Yay. Come on, come on. Woo! <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I tried. You did an amazing <laughs> job. You did really well. Now, would you like to join me for a panard, which is a Welsh for cup of tea? What, a cup of tea on the board? Yeah, why not? Yes. So in this dry bag, I've got some flasks of tea for you. Cheers, Sean. Cheers. So in Wales, we say yachida, which means good health. So, Sean, what got you into paddle boarding? Just by chance, I was asked by friends to join them on an exciting trip to go from Bristol to London on hoverboards. And we were camping in forests surrounded by wild garlic and we saw deer and kingfishers. That's when I actually decided I wanted to pursue a career as a paddleboarding instructor. I used to work in London in advertising and I loved it, but I was working 20-hour days and my neck was always on the line and I just felt it wasn't really fulfilling. I pined to be back here in Wales, close to the sea and the mountains. And I had this gut instinct that I just needed to make an active choice just to have a better work-life balance. Got my qualifications, hatched the plan to circumnavigate all the way around Wales. And that journey was incredible. I set up the business site paddleboarding. And it was just me at the start, out of a trailer van. And we just did learn to stand up paddleboard sessions and then it really hits off big time. I've made it work and I couldn't be happier. Oh, Joe, can you see in front of us a bit of plastic floating on the water? It looks like a carrier bag. Can you see oh, it? Oh, no. So it's really heartbreaking to see this because I'm a big advocate of trying to protect our oceans. With our paddles, we've actually got a litter pick hook. So do you want to try and scoop up this plastic bag out of the water? It's actually quite hard to get the board on the right side of it with the wind and a bit of the waves. Okay, and then I've got onto my knees to just lift it out because it's actually really full of water. <laughs> Great. So it's brilliant that you picked up that litter, Joe. Paddleboarding allows you to have a group activity and we're encouraging that we meet up and do litter picks here on Anglesey. 
Okay, Joe. Shall we get back into standing yeah. and head on over to Plus Newith? Yeah. Now, is it just me, or is the wind picking up a little bit? So what you need to do is just bend your knees a little bit more, push your paddle a bit harder, slide your lower hand further down the paddle just to help you get a wiggle on in this wind and remember to keep on breathing and smiling. Can you see Plas Newith is just there so we haven't got far to go. Head on the right you see that sort of pop of bright green which looks like the lawn up to Plas And that very sort of iconic grey building with the vine leaves growing up it. And within these big sea walls with sort of castle turreted tops, there's these tunnels. And as we're getting closer to the house, I can see a little harbour on the right-hand side. And Sean, to think, if I'd got here by car, as I normally might have done, rather than the paddleboarding power, I'd have missed all of this. If we just paddle up to this jetty, and we can get off our boards. I'm completely hooked now, Sean. So can anyone give paddle boarding a go? Totally. It's just so accessible. You can take your dog out paddleboarding, you can do paddleboarding yoga, you can do racing, you can ride massive waves. Good afternoon. Welcome to Plas Newith. Hi, Sean. This is Keith. He's going to be my guide at Plas Newith for the afternoon. Hello, Keith. Nice to meet you. It was a pretty dramatic entrance you made here. <laughs> we don't normally get visitors arriving on paddle boards. The harbour you just arrived at is operated by the Conway Centre, an educational centre for children where they come to learn water sports. The area is not open to the general public and got special permission for you to land today. Well, thank you very much, Keith, because that has afforded us a really rather lovely journey here by paddleboard. Well done, Joe. I'll leave you to it. I'll head back on the water now with these boards. There's been walking up here, just to my right there. This house is really quite stunning. That looks like two diving boards. It's the family's outdoor swimming pool oh, and it's wow. tidal, it fills from the strait. These must be the top of the steps that I saw from the water's edge. What are these steps for? They lead down to a tunnel. When the house was built, there were no bridges over to the island. Food, everything had to arrive by water and then was taken by servants up through the tunnel into the cellars of the house. Would you like to have a look inside the house? Yes, please. Let's go. Right, welcome into the house of Plas Newin. It's a really impressive entrance. Walking into the breakfast room, which has sailing artwork and battleships on every wall. Sailing was clearly a big passion of this family. But every now and then you catch a glimpse of the Manai straight through the windows. So, should we go through these double doors into the music room? So who is this gentleman in the centrepiece portrait above the fireplace? He's the first Marquis of Anglesey and Plasnewid was used as his holiday home. This is a museum in the property dedicated to the Battle of Waterloo. Huge painting. Is that the Battle That's of Waterloo? That's the Battle of Waterloo. 
That is a terrifying scene. The first Marquis, he is depicted in here, and it's during this battle that he lost his leg. It was replaced with a wooden leg, which we can see here in the cabin. It's the first articulated wooden leg, so it moves at the knee and at the ankle and at the toes. And he had several wooden legs for riding, for walking, for dancing. It obviously didn't hold him back too much. No. We've got some very interesting artefacts in here, but I really want to show you my favourite room in the house. So now we're going into the main family dining room. I've never seen a painting as beautiful as that. It's a huge seascape. It's 58 feet long, 12 feet high. The Marquis knocked three rooms into one here to make this big room. And having done that, he's left with a very big blank wall. So they asked Rex Whistler if he could come and do a mural for them. Rex Whistler was an artist, born in 1909, and he is well known for murals. The painting's not finished. He was killed during the war and never came back. It's not a real scene. It's totally invented but there are all sorts of real places in here. On the seafront here, we've got a Dutch house, an Irish pub, his favourite hotel in Brighton, harbour wall of Valletta in Malta, and this is the North Wales coast. That's the other side of the strait with Snowdon in the background. And Neptune left his trident and crown here whilst he went in for a swim. There are all sorts of things in the mural that move. It's called trompe l'oeil, a trick of the eye. There's an anchor here leaning against the wall. You have to walk quickly from that end of the room back to this end of the room, but don't take your eye off the top of the anchor where it crosses the coping. Oh my gosh, it's moving! Every time you look at it, you're seeing so much more detail in the picture. And so if you were sat on this side of the dining table, you'd get a view of the water through the windows, but then there's these huge mirrors which this reflect... This was all mirrors so that you could see the mural, yes. That ends my guided tour. Thank you very much. Now I'm back in the garden looking over this stunning sea channel of the Menai Strait. And you can really see how connected this property is to the landscape that it sits within. And that landscape is something that I've really been able to harness and enjoy on my adventure here today. And really helped me think about not just the destination, but the journey. Oh, this is absolutely gorgeous. for listening to this episode of the National Trust podcast. Although my paddle boarding journey in this episode isn't publicly accessible, there are many National Trust places that can be accessed by paddlecraft. Go to nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash watersports for more information. But whether it's by paddle, foot or two wheels, we hope that this episode inspires you to think about adventurous carbon-free ways you can reach our properties. If you're planning on paddleboarding, it's important to do it safely. 
And while all activities in this episode were supervised by qualified professionals, this episode does not serve as a comprehensive guide to paddleboarding. If you're going to get out on a paddleboard, please refer to the British Canoeing website as your first port of call. Check our show notes for links to this and other paddle sports resources. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can find more at nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. But for now, from me, Joe Dyson, goodbye.